0: Episode 75, Why It's Good That Our World Is Collapsing. Now, obviously, this title is what we call clickbait. No one really thinks it's good on the whole, the way things are right now, that our culture is going down the toilet, that everything good, traditionally Christian and American, all of the reasons we loved our country, our culture, are vanishing pretty rapidly, and things are pretty dire both in the secular and the sacred spheres, things don't look good in really any area of life right now. So how could it possibly be good that our world is collapsing around us? Well, I'll point to some reasons for hope here in a, in a second, but first let's look at what I mean by the world that's collapsing around us. The reason we can say our world is collapsing around us or our culture or the West is collapsing around us Pretty much all of our institutions are infiltrated by bad things, bad ideas, evil people, evil ideologies in schools, not just universities, but but lower schools. And of course, universities are the hotbed and origin of a lot of these bad ideas. A lot of the ideas that are proper to the woke culture, to the anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-religion anti-family culture start in universities so universities really are among the worst places in the world right now that's why parents need to think twice whether to send their kids to university and to choose very carefully which universities to send them but also of course politics is filled with some of the most corrupt people on earth entertainment nothing needs to be said there the media obviously everything is aimed against the family and destroying the family children are being indoctrinated and abused so many people are dying from deaths of despair suicide obviously the evil of abortion deaths from excesses in many ways even within the church we experience a lot of turmoil and confusion and weakness on the part of our shepherds very obvious that these things are from the devil because the devil intends to sow chaos confusion lead us to despair destroy the family and the institutions which serve as a protection against the worst inclinations of man. Remember what we talked about in the episode about the cult imitating the church. Our culture was once built upon certain universal and eternal principles and a respect and a desire for truth, belief in good and evil, and that societies ought to be centered around one true God, and that institutions ought to lead us to cultivate virtue and they were made to support the family so that everyone can grow in virtue and holiness and can flourish as human beings but now we live kind of in an anti-culture that worships the self and closes the individual off from community and worships the self or even worse worships the devil or engages in dangerous superstitions so everything's been inverted turned on its head so this is a very unpleasant summary of where we are How can it then possibly be good, as the title of this episode claims? How can it be good that our world is collapsing, crumbling around us, that all of those institutions that serve to promote human flourishing are now gone or are being chipped away at? How is it good? Well, the way it's good, reasons for hope, are that with all this going on, it forces us, it teaches us not to rely on any of these institutions. Because as long as they are human institutions, they can never be that in which we place our confidence. No politician, no political system, no single person can ever be the reason for us to hope and can ever be our salvation. So when we finally see all of these things falling around us because of corruption and sin, it reminds us, it shocks us back into reality that we are not here to be saved by any institution in this world. There is, of course, the church, which is not just a human institution. It is a divine institution. But the church exists in glory, triumphant. And here below, it's still filled with the chaff that will be burned on the last day. So even the human element of the church is not something we can rely on. We rely on the truth of Christ's teaching through the church. We rely on God's grace given to us through the sacraments. We worship Christ, Body, Blood, Soul, and Divinity in the Eucharist, we receive mercy from Christ in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, but it shouldn't shock us that the church is also filled with evil people and weak shepherds. So seeing the church in her present state in this world shouldn't be a cause for despair, but it reminds us that the one we place our trust in, the one who is actually our salvation, is Christ and only Christ. So as all of these things are crumbling around us, it focuses our attention, it concentrates our attention on what truly is important. That we are living here as strangers and sojourners, that we ought to practice virtue, and with the terrible state of things around us, it gives us ample opportunity to practice virtue. Virtue of humility, perseverance, fortitude, mercy, to practice asceticism, and we're forced to see that we should have no illusions about this life as the ultimate end or that there's a possibility of a utopia. So that's one reason for hope, is that it focuses the mind. That we can rely on nothing around us, save God alone. Long gone are the days where we can be so distracted by our prosperity and the apparent goodness of our country and our culture that we put off getting our spiritual house in order. Now, that's pretty much all we can look to for hope. Since things are so bad and it seems like the world is dying, it puts again to the front of our mind the necessity of being right with God, of preparing for his coming, because that's something that people say often. Things are so bad, Christ must be coming soon. And I, I do think that is the case. And that's one silver lining in all of this, is that it makes us think of the end because we think things can't get any worse. So we should see all of this as providential, that the devil has unmasked himself so clearly That he has reminded us of the reality of spiritual warfare, of the reality of our infinite God and his enemy, but that his enemy is merely a creature. And the only thing he can do is try to cause confusion and despair while this world lasts. So instead of despairing, which is what the devil wants us to do, instead of despairing when we see how terrible things are, we should instead use it as a reminder that the main goal of our life, really the only reason for our creation is that we attain to union with God, and so we should avail ourselves of the sacraments so that we might rid ourselves of any obstacle to union and friendship with God. Another reason to hope is considering, even though this comparison is overused, that our Western civilization is crumbling, our Western culture is crumbling, much like when the Roman Empire, or the Western Roman Empire at least, fell in the 5th century, that's a helpful comparison because if we can look back historically on the fall of the Roman Empire and see that in the death of all of those institutions and the moral decadence and all of the terrible things that were going on then, there arose great saints. I think of, in particular, St. Benedict. So while the Roman Empire fell, St. Benedict was prompted to seek God and God alone, and in doing so, he was the beginning of a great flourishing of all of the good things of culture true worship of God, true learning, real flourishing, and all the various aspects of human life brought about by the Benedictine order. Monasteries spread and they gave rise to other great institutions and other great religious orders and communities. If you remember the episode we did on the church's contributions to Western civilization, most of that came from St. Benedict. And that was in the midst of, or really at the end of, the fall of the Roman Empire, which seemed to many, To be the greatest tragedy ever. Similarly, in the 13th century, when the church was really decadent and giving into certain excesses of worldly power and wealth, there arose St. Francis to remind the church of who Christ really was and what it means to be a disciple of Christ, what it means to be a shepherd of the flock in all humility and poverty. And think also of the great tragedy of the so called Reformation. There arose the great saints Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross who reformed religious life, rid it of any errors and excesses, and, and brought people back to a true idea of following Christ. So providentially, God, who, remember, is the Lord of all history, always raises up saints to lead us in times like this. He never leaves us to our own devices. He always makes sure that even in the midst of the worst tragedies, there is some great grace that is shown to us. So we should have our eyes and hearts opened for that as well, to see what graces God is working in us while we are surrounded by so much evil, because it is a spiritual battle. And far from despairing when we see the evil around us, it should instead make us more firmly in the camp of the one true God who has already ultimately won the victory, which is just playing itself out in history now. And it's our time to decide which camp we are in. The danger of lamenting the sad state of affairs nowadays is that it makes us forget that it's precisely in the heat of battle that heroes and saints arise, and perhaps God is calling us to be that great warrior for him in this spiritual battle. So yes, things are terrible. It is in many ways terrible that the world is collapsing around us. But in another, more important sense, it is good because it reminds us where our salvation lies and it reminds us to choose which side we're on and to persevere in the battle for Christ. Thank you for listening to Catholic Daily Brief. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Give a five-star rating and a good review and consider becoming a member of patreon.com slash catholicdailybrief. God bless.